This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of takes that chance 10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Down the left and Moyes stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. One two against Junga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round to Heya. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the back. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history! De Plattras forward! De Plattras got the better! Yeah! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up. No quirk intros today, lads. I'm, I'm genuinely saddened to have to report that the Josh Caroma conch is having to be retired for three months. And with me in my time of sadness today, I have Brady Frost and Chris Markham. Good evening, chaps. Oh, condolences to you, mate. I know, the fan club's on hold. It was gathering such momentum as well. But Do you want to come to the Lewis O'Brien one for a bit? <laughs> There's a Romani Edmonds Green one as well, so I might have right. to might have to go on loan to one of the two, depending on how well they do. But speaking of that, uh, Town returned to Seaside to take on Bournemouth. Uh, Town's record against Bournemouth isn't bad, having played them 53 times, winning 18, drawing 19, and losing 16. Town actually had a great record at Bournemouth from 1979 to 2009, so a good 30-year stretch, whereby we won nine, drew four, and only lost one game down at Dean Court in 30 years. However, since being be- since beating them in the playoffs, we've failed to win there in the last five, losing four. But this week's memorable game against Bournemouth is indeed that playoff game in 2011. Sky, lovely Sky, decided to put the game on at 12.30 on TV, which meant it was a bit of a pain to get down there. Uh, three o'clock set off on the coach for us. 
some of us who went on the coach actually didn't make the match. Uh, one of them, Paul Aspinall, fell asleep underneath the coach, having got down there, and uh, my mate Tony Walsh fell asleep in the seat next to me and missed the goals going, which was which was fun. Uh, these yeah, these these older end just can't hack it, can they? That's the problem. And uh, however, Town started that game. Kevin Kilban soared above everybody, didn't he? And flicked that header in. It was a great header from Zinedine Kilban. Uh, Ian Bennett then saved a penalty from Danny Ings, the young Danny Ings, and. Uh, Eventually, Bournemouth equalised through Donald McDermott. I'm not sure what happened to him after that game, but he uh, he ended up equalising. And one man who would have had a good uh, insight into that one would be you, Mr Markham. Yeah, it was, um, like you say, it was, uh, I remember that it was probably the, 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 the tensest as we built up to the end of that season. It was just such a tense, and obviously the way that it finished at the back in the second leg as well, probably, um, emphasise that um, but yeah I remember sort of going in front and thinking right you know what a draw wouldn't actually be that bad um, you know you get that first goal get get them back up their level and then obviously when they got the pen it just was it just after half time just before one of the yeah, two just before yeah just before. just before it was quite a lot of added time I think and, uh, and obviously Benno we obviously we know what was what Alex Smithies was like um, with penalties and saving them but Benno was just such an underrated player for us throughout that period of time just a, a calming influence he's, he's, he's reading of the game and just he was there before so it pleased. He was there. before yeah, it left the strikers foot he was there wasn't so he pleased, yeah. so pleased for him to have that big moment because came and everyone just thought it'd be a backup and to be honest you know there were times where you're looking and thinking he, he, he provides us a lot of security and, and a lot of uh, sort of calmness so yeah it was it was great and uh, yeah, so Town ended up beating Bournemouth in the second. Well, on penalties in the set, that's the way we do these things, isn't it? In the playoffs, in the second leg, and uh, and lost in the final. So the, the the first and only defeat in a playoff final we had, which was at Old Trafford, which we won't go into too far. No, instead don't. of instead of going into that, Brady's going to put his beach towel down. He's going to get his beach towel out, stick it on a uh, a sun lounger, and give us the lay of the beach to bring us up to date and tell us how well Bournemouth have been doing this year. Well, if we're continuing the beach puns, Matt, I didn't get a chance to slip it in earlier, but because you've, you know, because you can't blow the conch for a while, you're a shell of a man. Ah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> there we go. Uh, just a fun we have on this podcast. So, um, Bournemouth, second in the league, uh, they're the championship's top scorers, 29 goals so far. Um, in their last five home games, they've only lost one, which was a surprising 3 2 defeat to Preston. Um, but Preston have actually been decent away from home and not. So decent at home. Um, scored at least 14 goals, uh, at least scored over 14 goals in the past five games. Um, so they're going to score. They're scoring a lot of goals at the moment. They did draw uh, draw 0-0 in midweek against Swansea, but that was away. And um, as you kind of touched on that, Town have only won twice in the last 10 games against Bournemouth. So, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough one, as I'm sure we'll go on to explain. Hmm. So we'll have a look at Bournemouth themselves, the strengths and weaknesses of what Bournemouth bring to uh, this game. Uh, for me, it looks like a team that plays fluid attacking football. They've they've got a lot of creative players in there as well that can hurt teams. Uh, they will leave open spaces, but they're pretty switched on in closing them down as well. Uh, they look like they've switched from a 4-3-3 to a 3-4-3, 3-5-2-ish system lately. Uh some of their attacking stats seem to be seem to show that they're a little bit better away from home than at home, but they average around six shots inside the penalty box a game at home, and you give any side that amount of chances and they'll be definitely tough to keep out, I would imagine. Uh, also averaging 11.5 shots a game. Uh, a decent attacking side, Chris, and it's going to be a difficult one by the looks of it. 
Yeah, I think decent attacking sides probably would be understatement of the <laughs> podcast. They're the best attacking team in this league by, I'd say, a comfortable distance. You look at what Norwich are, a bit more grinding it out. Watched a few of their games and, yeah, as you mentioned, both of you, the, you know, the, the, they're fluid going forward. They've got some real class for this league, you know, some good players that I'm sure Premier League teams would like to have if they don't go up this season. So it's a big, big season for them. Um, I think they'll be pleased really with with obviously the start. They were they're only one one place and a couple of points off the top. To say that obviously they lost their manager, they've sold eighty millions worth of talent over the summer. They've had quite an extensive injury list, and you know they. It's, I think they'll be really pleased. Obviously, replace the manager with his old assistant, so within house, no expensive, not expensive. So I think they'll be delighted with the season so far. Having said that, they have only won one out of the last four league games. Um, which, you know, in, in that, there's obviously the Preston game. The thing they drew with, obviously, Swansea last time out, although they did play really well in that game, that the pitch was a bit of a leveller um, down at Swansea. So, yeah, I think the thing that's interesting for me, and obviously we'll get on to as we talk about the, the, how the game will go, is this is probably the first time for a while we've spoken a lot about the the, the game plan that Town will have against your Wickham's, your Middlesbrough's, your Chef Wednesdays and those direct teams. This is a real change now to a real quality team who also likes to dominate the ball like us. Um, they're more similar in their possession to us as well. If you remember when I spoke about QPR, they'll play higher up the pitch. Well, these build out from deep as well. So a very similar split to where they have their possession to us. So they are very strong offensively. Um, the one thing they have got a bit of a soft underbelly though, like you say, Matt, they can leave spaces. Um, they are quite good in transition, though, so that's, I'm not too concerned about that. However, the the seven out of the goals they have conceded, nearly, I think it's 40-odd percent of them have been from set plays or penalties. So maybe that little soft underbelly is something that we can exploit. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's uh, like you said, the, the formation-wise as well, they've the, the mixed up and played a few different things, so it won't be easy. And I think every, every position that they bring someone in, it's quality. Um, so it's it, yeah, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard game. Ready? Yeah, um, just kind of touching on with the weaknesses. I've noticed in a couple of games um, they have come back to win in some, but they do start quite slow. Um, teams tend to kind of get an early goal and go ahead. I mean, the Reading game, which they did come back to win four two. Reading were two 0 up um, and looking quite Angered comfortable. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, something I did notice as well is um a couple from a couple of goals they conceded, if we it, I kind of call it I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but it's a bit like the Man City goal where you go right to the byline and then cut back. They seem to be quite weak if you go right to the byline, kind of cut across. Mm-hmm. Um just from a couple I saw. So again, I think this is where fullbacks will be key and we, we kinda need to stretch the play as much as we can because they are they are conceding um, I think it's just keeping them out of the other end that's going to be the issue but I I, I do think this is a game because again like you touch on Chris they play a similar style to us and I do think we'll, we'll score because um, I think that they're quite open at the back but again it's, it's about keeping them out but um, yeah it'll be an interesting game for sure yeah, there's a good point you make around um, the slow start because, like, yeah, actually, when you talk about slow starts in terms of minutes of the game, I agree. However, there's no team scored first more than them this season. So if you don't get that early goal to put them behind, they are likely to obviously score because they do all the time. And then the other thing is they are strong. There's no team, I think there's only Cardiff who have scored more goals in the last 10 minutes. 
So, you know, they are quite relentless. It's it's not going to be something that they shut up shop if they get one. It'll be an open game uh, as much as as much as town want to make it, really. So, yeah, I think that's a, it's a good point. Key players then for Bournemouth. This could be, we could go on for ages, couldn't we, but with some <laughs> of the players they've got there. It's ridiculous. And I'm sure probably none of us have probably picked Philip Billing as well, I would imagine, if you're looking. Yeah. Although, uh, although, although, although Brady does like to go for an ex-town player. Uh, Mark, the focus, the player I've picked this week is uh, Dom Solanke. Uh, Dom Solanke is a player that I really liked when he used to play uh, youth football for England and uh, and Chelsea. Uh, he used to keep Tammy Abraham out of the striking berth as well, so that's how good he was, you know, as a as a youth player. And, it, and he just seemed to have a couple of bad moves, which made him skid off the track a little bit. And Liverpool seemed to be a bit of a bad move; he couldn't really get the games in. And Bournemouth as well, when they had Josh King and the like up front it, and Callum Wilson, he just couldn't quite force his way in. But now he's he's playing consistently and through consistency, he's become consistent himself. I'm going to say consistent one more time because I don't think I said that enough there. Uh, you, can, you can keep saying consistent. <laughs> yeah, I might be consistent. Who knows? Great, <laughs> no, probably never will be. Uh, he's uh, six goals and three assists this season. So he's their top scorer and top assister. Um, so uh, joint top assister. He's the fulcrum of the attack. His layoffs are good. He spins off into space good. He's a threat in the air. He's a threat on the ground. He's strong. He's quick. He's, he's intelligent. He's, to me, he's, it, now he's kicking into gear. He's probably the best centre-forward in this league. And for us, he is an absolute key player for them in and outside of the penalty box. Um, I don't think you'll get find a better striker at this level at this current moment in time. How about you guys? Who have you got? Really? Do I go first, Chris? Because I think oh, we've got a list of ones behind. Okay, <laughs> well, uh, I have picked an ex-town player. I wasn't going to, but I thought you might pick um, some of the obvious picks, like, like Slanky. Because uh, oh. kind of Is it Donald no, McDermott? No, I want to dig. Oh, God, I want to No, <laughs> that wasn't. Come on, come on, Chris. You're just, you're just stirring the pot here. Stirring the guy the who picked Darren um, Moy in the poll this week. I mean, come on. <laughs> um. Well, mate, I had to get that win on the board. It's all about those three points. We go again. I've picked. I picked Philip Billin. Um, interestingly, when I looked into the two games Bournemouth lost this season, it's when Billin's not started. Um, maybe it's a coincidence, but we we saw, how, you know, what a player he was at Town and how good he was. Obviously, very annoying how he left and frustrating. But um, yeah, there's like you said, there's so many players in this team. But I thought that was a bit of an interesting quirk. And again taking stats out of it. It's the first time I think we've played we'll have played him since he joined, so I think he'll probably be up He'll be for up for that boy. He'll be no up doubt yeah. about it. He'll be well yeah, up I think it. Phil obviously knowing Phil for a long time, but Phil I must admit when I watched the the game or the highlights of the game from in Swansea, Bournemouth were by far the better team and he was at the centre of absolutely everything that they did. Even though he was playing in that three four three, he was the one who was breaking forward, making the box, and he just looked like he was everywhere from a, an offensive point of view. So I, I agree with you there, mate. He was on my list as well. Mm. Um, who's not on my list, really? But um, obviously, I think that an, an easy, obvious one to go for would be Brooks, David Brooks, who I think is easy Premier League standard. And if he hadn't got injured last season, I think he'd have probably been another one they might have got sold in for thirty plus million. He'd have probably kept them up. Yeah, potentially kept them up. He's, he's that good. And I do think the wingers, I know you spoke about Solanke, which is, you know, just watch his goal against Barnes and tell you all you need to know about him. Um, but the supply that he gets from the wingers and the, then when they come inside, which is obviously what they like to do, play inverted wingers, they have the wing backs, full backs going on the outside. The supply that Solanke gets is also class. But the one I'm going to go for is Lewis Cook. I think if he plays, um, really complements Phil really well. 
uh, depending whether they play a two or three man midfield. Uh, obviously, will will we'll depend how that the, the setup of that looks. But I think he's just such a good player in terms of like those transitions. Um, he can mix it a little bit as well. People think Lewis Cook's a little bit, you know, um, he is very cultured on the ball. But I tell you what, he, he can class. mix it a bit. Yeah, that the, yeah, the, the pitch at Swansea, and he was wasn't afraid to mix it. So I'm going to go. I think Lewis Cook will be a big one, and, and and the middle of the pitch could really be where this is. This game's won and lost. Lewis Cook and Phil Billing, that's a really great pairing. You know, you've got your little and large. Both can put the foot in, both pass, both got in. You know, it's yeah. a really, really good one. And uh, one player that I don't think is going to play against us, but I don't know how Bournemouth have ended up with him. Is uh, uh, What's his name again? I can never get his name. It's uh, Arno Dunaruma, is it? The, uh, Dan Juma. Dan Juma, that's the one. Uh, the, 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 the Dutch internationally. Like yeah, he was mine, yeah. but then he, he's not playing, I don't think. So well, he, he, how he they've got him for this one. Incredible. He could be back for this oh. one. I mean, I'm looking at their... I'm, I'm looking at their injuries. There's Jack Stacey, Jefferson Lerma, Dan Juma, Carter Vickers, who've not played from yet, but from Tottenham, and Josh King. You know, they're, <laughs> they're doing all that. It's and ridiculous. Not, these lads playing for the past few weeks. So, as I said, you know, that uh, I think that's a really good one. Dan Juma scored five in the game that he's played. He's both footed. If he comes back in, it's then another headache. Yeah, it's frightening. I think particularly in them wide areas, it is going to be crucial, which shall I lead into the next... Uh, section yeah. what's next mate are we going for I was just going to suggest our strengths and weaknesses of town isn't it yeah um, I think that's going to for me it's going to be a really interesting one this um, obviously we've we've had a few like I mentioned similar style of games and a couple of home games where we've knocked stuff in out of teams early which has been really good um, I'm really intrigued to see how how he plays it because there's two ways you can go. And if you remember, you know, the whole promise was and a Bielsa way would just be to go fight fire with fire. So are we just going to play expansive? Are we going to go for it? And you know what? Let's win 4-3. Now that obviously comes with its own risk. Um, the other way is you let them play and let them have it. But I think with Bournemouth, that also comes at its own risk. So it's going to really be interesting to see how we go. I think the, the best thing we can do is make it uncomfortable a bit like the pitch in Swansea the other day it was a bit of a leveler they were a bit niggly and that's one thing that I remember when we were in the promotion season with with Wag with David was we were really good at this like just not not killing the game and not being negative but making it really uncomfortable so respecting the opponent but still being aggressive and still you know giving them the utmost respect by really being at it and not being passive which, if we can get that balance right, there's no, you know, there's no reason to say that it, it, we don't stand a chance. Um, it is just going to be. A, I'm really intrigued. I don't even know how how he's going to play it, but I'm really, really intrigued. This one's. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. So town obviously ravaged by injury. We will be missing uh, Josh Caroma, as we've mentioned. Uh, Jonathan Hogg will probably miss this game as well. Stearman Schindler uh, out for a while. Schindler possibly three months plus. We're looking at. Which is yeah. which is not great, but the good thing about that is hopefully we'll see him before the end of the season, and if he does leave at the end of his contract, at least hopefully we can give him a, a fond farewell, which is uh, always very important for a, a club legend. Um, yeah, so for me again, Bournemouth will be on the front foot. They'll look to you know, away from home. They've got quite a good counter going. You know that they, they attack really well with speed. At, at home, they'll be on the front foot, but I. I, I I would think they'll have more of the ball, so Town might sit in a little bit. We, they will leave gaps when they move forward. It's just about how we, how we kind of attack those gaps, and uh, we'll come into the player selection. But there might be a couple of different players that could offer something different. Um, Brady, how are you seeing this from a Town point of view, and leaders into your key player as well for Town? 
Yeah, I think um, obviously losing Karoma uh, is, is well is is a big blow. Um, I, I, I think we'll struggle for firepower from elsewhere, so I'm a bit worried about that. But um, we'll kind of we'll kind of come into it. But I suppose with my, my key player, but if Ho- it looks like Hoggy is going to miss this game, so I, I've uh, gone to Chris's fan club uh, and I've picked Lewis O'Brien. I just think he obviously I think can play a similar role. Um, and we'll come on to what formation I think we should play. But I think O'Brien can do that. We saw that a bit last season. And, you know, he's kind of a great all-rounder. And I think he can fill this role for this game. And, you know, he needs to be... For me, O'Brien embodies that terrier spirit that Wagner talked about before. You know, he, he's going to be up for it. He's going to fight. He's going to get a tackle. Um, and I think I think he'll be key, you know, to stopping Bournemouth. And also... We've seen in a couple of games where he can nick nick the ball and counter, and I think he'll be kind of really key to us doing well. Um, but yeah, especially we've got a bit of an issue in defence, so um, that's that's going to be interesting. Uh, Chris, who have you gone for? Yeah, I think I've mentioned in the, just there around their wingers being extremely dangerous, um, and you know, with that in mind, we've spoken a lot. I've spoken about being on pods with you guys before, where. Toffolo's been mentioned in, you know, the, with the words Premier League after him. Now he's been good going forward and he's not let us down going backwards. This is the biggest test of his season by absolute miles. Not because he's going to be up against a one-on-one winger who's quick and tricky. It's going to be dealing with their wingers will be inside, so it's hard to defend. The communication's going to have to be good. He's going to show a lot of positional awareness and tactical awareness. If he's going to come out of this game, obviously it will be important going forward when we do get those spaces. But for me... He's got to be, this is a real test of him. If people are starting to put the Premier League words after his name, which I think is a little bit premature at the minute, he's trending in the right direction. But this is a huge game for him, you know, whether it's Brooks, whether it's Dan Juma, whether it's King, it's going to be a huge game for him with those wingers coming inside. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, so uh, for me, the key player I've given... Um, a fair bit of praise in the last week or two to Ben Hamer. And, you know, it's mostly been not for his shot stopping, but for his distribution. And uh, I think the game on Saturday will be a big test of his shot stopping ability and, you know, how much pressure he can take in and around the box as well. So um, it's a big game for Big Ben, I would say. Um, So, yeah, so for me, Ben Hamer is going to be the the one who we really need to be on form this game because we'll need the goalkeeper to have a, a decent game to keep them out. And I could have picked anyone from the back four. You could pick anyone really. But for me, if your last line of defence stands firm, then you've got half a chance. So uh, yeah. I'm going to go with, with Mr. Hamer. So Mr. Markham, we're going all formal now. Uh, 
We recently put out a tweet, didn't we, with a, a couple of names uh, for a, our new-ish, uh, now isn't it, uh, our newish feature, um, which is to bring back a, a player from uh, Town's history uh, in their prime to play in this game. Uh, and we have a name, don't we? So my, my suggestion of the, the Tim Hot tub time machine has sadly <laughs> fallen by the wayside. I might try to work that in somewhere. But we, we have a clear winner, don't we? We do, mate. Return to the Mac um, took the poll, I think. Um, which, yeah, I think yeah, I think we can do some. When I say we, I obviously mean you, Matt, um, to do some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's got <laughs> um, potential. Around that. that, I think we can work with that. I'd just like to give a shout-out to Barry Shank. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just a phenomenal name, whether it's real or not. You're going to get him round to do your flooring, aren't you? Yeah, well, if if Barry Shank is the real name, then hats off to him. Uh, and if not, even more hats off to him. So, yeah, for everyone who got involved, yeah, uh, thanks. But return to the Mac, wasn't it? I think it was Johnny Johnny underscore 11, wasn't it, who came up with that yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So, well done, Johnny. Yeah. You win nothing, but you, apart from an immense amount <laughs> of credit. Yeah, credit. Ad- In this lockdown, <laughs> you'll be just sat there. Just you are, buzzing. yeah. You're a takes-that-chance hero. Thank you very much. Uh-huh, um yeah. Yeah, so uh, Brady, you won the poll last week. You played the crowd and won, so uh, well done. And uh, we're going to go into uh, this week's pick for Bournemouth. You first, mate. You first. You need to get your first win. All right. Well, yeah, okay. So it's the first poll win. So uh, who have I gone for this week? Right, okay. So, uh, yeah, so I think Town will be under the cosh in this game, obviously. Uh, when under the cosh, you need a leader. You need people in defence in particular that stand up and be counted when times are tough. Rally those around you. Uh, who, you know, you need a bit of a warrior in that back line as well. And who am I talking about if I mention those words, Chris? I'm going to oh, go, f- I am going to go for, you just need, you just need, you just need someone there on. just to beat the chest. You know what I mean? Just not like a Leeds fan, but just you know, kind of a bit of a Come on. like I said, an animal. And I'm gonna go for Peter Clark. Okay, oh, nice. it. it's not, it's not my, Good it's choice. not, it's not my most favourite player ever. But it's just one of those games where you just need to that's go somewhere nice. under the cosh, yeah, and you know he'll turn up. And that's that's what proper I think. Proper defender, proper defender, proper bloke, legend. Who's next? Uh, actually, Chris Yarn next because Brady won last week, so. Sweet. Yeah. Um, right, well, I'm going to go, as I've mentioned, all the long wingers and obviously our full-backs. So I'm going to go to um, the same position as Toffolo and probably the best uh, left Kevin Sharp? Or... <laughs> no, Danny Adams. No. <laughs> um, what I'm going to go for is the, my favourite, probably left-back um, from when I, the days I was a support before I started working down there. And I think he was like a bit of a cult hero, exactly the sort of when I talked earlier on about making it horrible and nasty, but also playing, being able to play, um, and that energy that he can bring and get in their face. I'm going for Tom Cowan. This going to be a good um, one. I thought Tommy Cowan was, you know, just exactly embodied everything that I said there. And another little bonus maybe would be his long throw. Um, that, as I mentioned with them, with set pieces, maybe test them a bit, especially if you know we are behind. You know, keep it tight or even get in front. You can really pressure so yeah Tommy Cowan I think would be I'd love to see him back in the in the fold this week Ready? I, I kind of want to change my pick now because I think this is going to be a tough poll but um, he's been my backup for weeks and he's, he's getting a start um, Emile Smith-Rowe Matt you know how much I love Emile Smith-Rowe you do love Emile uh, Smith-Rowe I think if we had him back online this season 
oh, I think we'd be absolutely bossing it. Um, he completely changed our attack last season. He's a creative player, we know, but I think like I think of the three-two defeat to Fulham last season where we were absolute garbage and three-nil down, and he just drove that. And I don't know how we lost that game, you know, because he was on one. And I think in games like this, when the team's better than you, you know, got more money, I think you just need someone like that who can drag you through a game and kind of help you single-handedly. So, Mill Smith Rowe for me. Interesting, interesting indeed. Uh, Right then, so earlier today, uh, Brady chatted to Tom Jordan, a Bournemouth fan from uh, their uh, fanzine slash podcast, Back of the Net. So yeah, we kind of asked you some questions for the match preview, but I'll just, just ask you as well. So what have you kind of made of Bournemouth's season so far? Yeah, really, really happy to be honest. I think um, it's easy to look at the players on paper and just assume we're going to be up there. But I think, you know, in the context of things, uh, relegation, hard to bounce, pick yourself up. It's been a quick turnaround as well. Losing our manager and then a few key players as well, you know, Callum Wilson and Nathan Ake and the goalkeeper Ramsdale as well. So, and it was quite a tough start on paper. We had uh, teams like Borough, Norwich, Watford all, all early on. And I would have ripped Randolph for the start. Uh, I think we've, lost the least amount of games in the league so and Jason started really well so I've been I've been really impressed as much as you know it's only a start and you know what this league can be like but um anyone could be anyone but no really happy and um I think there's more to come from us as well so um we've probably been getting better and better as well in terms of performances so um yeah quite quite confident that we can keep us going yeah, and you, you mentioned Jason there. I mean, he was obviously Eddie Howe's assistant. Um, initially, that did, to some fans, suggest it was kind of like a cheap move, but um, it seems to be working out. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about the new boss? Yeah, I mean, he's been affiliated with the club for, for years. I think he signed for us to play in about 97, 98. So um, he's been with us for years. And yeah, I can see how people would, would see that, kind of, I just go for the number two. But I think looking at it now, it was, it was a weird time in, in terms of the pandemic and stuff, a quick turnaround. So it kind of makes sense to me that you don't want to disrupt everything. We've been, it's been so successful for years. And I think just losing one man rather than losing, say, a whole group of staff and bringing in a new would have been quite difficult, I think, especially for the players. So it wouldn't surprise me if quite a few players that we thought might leave have actually stayed because of that as well. Uh, there's not too much change in the club. It's just one man. Um, and to be fair to Jason, my worry was that he'd be a cardboard copy and just kind of do what Eddie did and just tick along. But he's had his own ideas, uh, put his own stamp on things, new roles for certain players. And um, yeah, I was just really pleased for him because he was always going to be judged very quickly. So I think the fact that he started so well, we went on an unbeaten run and we're obviously up there in the league. So I'm really pleased for him. And um, yeah, I think most fans, even the ones that were sceptical, are kind of a bit like, oh, OK, so I'm happy with what he's doing. He's adapted in games well. Most of his team selections, people have gone, yeah, I'm happy with that. So um yeah, I'm really, pl- I'm really pleased with Jason because he's been a, a great number two for so long. And I'm almost thinking, no, he's, he's earned the right to get an opportunity now. And um, he's taken it so far. So, yeah, please. Yeah, and you, you mentioned, uh, you touched on how you've sold a couple of players, but obviously you've still got a, quite a big squad in comparison to some other teams. And uh, one player that our fans all know quite well is Philip Billing. Um, I just wanted, how has he been getting on uh, since his move? Yeah, he's coming in and out of the team. Um, I think... Most Bournemouth fans would say to you, well, pretty much all of them, if, if you were picking your best 11, he wouldn't be in it. Um, 
we tend to play two central midfield players and Jefferson Lerma and Lewis Cook are a different class. And Dan Gosling's still there as well. So at the start of the season, Billing was kind of probably fourth central midfielder in terms of picking, but we've had a few uh, Lerma had a suspension, a few knocks for, for Lewis and things like that. And Billing got in uh, with the Barnsley game and it was a real surprise that he started at the weekend and scored and played really well and people were pleasantly surprised. So he earned the right to start again in, in midweek and he played well again. So it wouldn't surprise me if he started against Huddersfield. Having said that, Lerma's back now. So it would be interesting to see if he starts or not. But um, he's, he's one of them players. I remember when he left you guys, there was, it was quite mixed in terms of he's clearly... The Huddersfield fans seemed to say he was clearly a good footballer. But he kind of maybe he down tools, however you want to put it, when you got into a bit of a scrap. And uh, we probably could see that a little bit last season. I feel for him because I think his build and the, and the way, way he is... And, the way he kind of glides around a football pitch makes you feel like, oh, is, he, is he down in tools a bit here? But is that type, just the type of player he is? Um, I think there's no question that he's technically a really good footballer. My, more my concern with, with Billing is I don't really know what his role is. So I don't feel like he's a defensive midfield player who breaks things up. He's not an attacking midfield player who will bag you loads of goals. and So he's kind of that in-between. So it's, it's quite hard. And he also doesn't you know, chase round all the time. So um, he's a pretty footballer. He's good when... Things are going well and you've got a lot of the ball. So um, I, I would have thought it would be, it'd be interesting, but in home games where we're expected to have a lot of possession, I think it's more likely to see him because he is good on the ball. I think when you're away from home in a bit of a scrap and you might have to you know, be quite good off the ball, he's probably not the player to go to. But he's a very mixed one with Portland fans at the moment. Um, but I'm happy with him in terms of how he's played recently. But um, I'm, I think he'll come in and out of the side throughout, really. But be interested if he starts, get to you guys. will be interesting. Yeah, if he does start, I'm not a gambling man, but he, he loves a goal from long distance. And I just feel like he might score one against us, um, just to rub it in a bit more. Um, you, we, we're going on to the game. Then. So what, what game are you kind of expecting from, uh, from Huddersfield on Saturday? Have you seen much of us this season? I haven't seen an, uh, an awful lot, you know, highlights and things like that. And, obviously, and you're kind of, I think if I had to put money on where I would have predicted Huddersfield to finish. It's probably where you are, which is bang on middle, I think. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Huddersfield made a, a little play for the playoffs, actually, and had, went on a little run. Because look at the squad, there are some good players in there. Um, and I certainly don't think you'll be kind of flirting near the bottom at all. Not sure if you're quite up enough to go for that top six. It'd be interesting. But I'm expecting, like I would in any championship game, to be honest, like I mentioned, it's, it's one of them leagues where anyone could beat anyone. I mean... Two games we lost to were Preston and Sheffield Wednesday. It's just really random. You know, and we've stormed over other teams who are, who are doing better. But certainly won't be taking them easy. It'll be interesting to see how you kind of set up. Um, I think at home, it's the first one where we're allowed a few fans back in. So that'll be interesting because I think we'll kind of be demanding that, take the game to you guys. Um, so yeah, it'll be, be an interesting one. I think it'll be difficult, but I'm still expecting and confident that we'll have enough have a bit too much for you guys, but it wouldn't be a total shock if, if you turned up and, and performed well. Um, but yeah, definitely still got a few good players there, but there's obviously since we last played you in them kind of Premier League, when you went down to the Premier League, there's quite a few that have gone as well. Um, so, you know, obviously Billing and Aaron Moy, I remember them two were really good when we used to play. So obviously they're not there at the moment and Congolo and a few players, but seems like you've still got a handy squad there. So, uh, and you've, you've come off the back of a couple of good wins and clean sheets. So, but then before that, I think you got a, a paste in. So it's typical of the championship. You seem um, consistently inconsistent. 
I think that's a, a great way to sum us up, to be honest, Tom. Um, so I'm going to push you for a score prediction then, just before we go. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 uh, to us. I think um, I think you've got a few decent players up the top end of the pitch. You might better make a goal, but um, I think we'll just have too much for you. I don't think it will be a, a comfortable win, but I think we'll just edge it throughout and, and just get the job done. Yeah, I think that's what I've predicted as well, ever the optimist. But uh, yeah. no, cheers for coming on, Tom. Really appreciate hey, it. Welcome, mate. Welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Okay, so Tom's had his say and given his point of view from Bournemouth, uh, and now it's time for us to don those David Wagner, that David Wagner blue baseball cap, Carlos's skinny chinos, and Mark Robbins's glowering expression as we try to predict <laughs> what will happen this weekend. Um, who wants to go first then with uh, their uh, their lineup and score prediction? I went first last time, so it's only right, Brady. You go first this time because. Uh, You've yeah. Last okay. Um, I think, given the injuries, um, I think we're going to have to tweak it a little bit. And with one two in a row, I think we're expected to lose. So I think it's kind of a free hit. So I'm going through five two. Um, uh, Hamer start again. I think he'll be key. Edmonds Green thought he played pretty well. Saw, but I've gone for an interesting pick. I've gone for Vallejo because he can play centre back apparently, um, and he we like to change formation in games so I kind of put him at the back um, and hopefully can guide him screen and start and then obviously Pippa Iting I think this is a game for Pritchard given Hogs out um, just to kind of see what, what he can do and then O'Brien and Toffolo um, I think the real issue is kind of left left wing um, with Corona out so I've kind of um and denied by this but I think I've just gone without Cormans one played, <laughs> gone without one yeah Um yeah, basically. Um, but I'd, I'd just start in Benzer and Ward. Um, and if we need to switch to a three, I'd uh, I'd give Jane Brown a go because he's started playing Jane Brown there. So maybe give him a shout. But yeah, Ward and in Benzer. Right. I'll, I'll go next because Chris is the, the analyst and expert. So he, he, he has to go. Scoreline Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah sorry. Um, you almost got away with that there. I, I know. I think they'll be too strong for us. Um, but we'll, it'll be an insane game. I think we'll give it a good go. So I'm going to go 3 2 defeat. I think we will score. Um, okay. But yeah, free uh, Okay, so ideally, I'd have liked to have gone for a back three in this one as well. But I looked at Alex Vaco and I just thought, not enough, not enough game, not enough time on the pitch there. You know, I think he'll make an appearance at some point, and he did all right, didn't he? The other night, I thought he looked quite neat and tidy when he came on. Uh, but yeah, so the, the way I look at it is, it's the two, it's the three-four-three system that worries me, and the two in, like Chris says, the inverted wingers. So what I've done is I've gone for I've switched the system and gone four two three one in this one. So I've gone for Hamer uh, in goal, uh, Peeper, uh, Ramani, Edmonds, Green, Saar, and Toffolo the back four. And what I've got is I've got Iting and O'Brien sat in a double pivot, which are a little bit deeper than normal. Uh, O'Brien, uh, sorry, O'Brien sort of ratting and scurrying around like Hog perhaps does. You know, he's not quite the level of Hog, but he's has other qualities there. Iting as as more of a quarterback, if you like. Uh, and Ben's a wide right. Uh, the reason I've gone for these two wide players is they play with wing backs, so you're going to have to be on your bike quite a lot and track. And Ben's has shown that he can do that. He does switch off sometimes at the far post, but until the far post is pretty good. Uh, I've gone for Jaden Brown on the other side. Uh, I thought he came on with a lot of fire against Sheffield Wednesday. It looked like he had a point to prove. Um, I think he was my only real choice there. I didn't quite like Matty Daly as a left-sided player. Uh, and then I've gone for Alex Pritchard as well because... 
you can't just pick a load of defensive players. You need somebody to get the ball and then thread it through for when you're moving forward. And I've gone for Fraser Campbell as well. I think you need that extra work rate up front that he offers uh, potentially over Danny Ward at this moment in time. So 4-2-3-1 uh, with uh, Fraser Campbell. The idea is to squeeze that space in front of the defence and then try and pick them off via Pritchard on the counter. That's my that's my uh, skinny-jeaned position. Uh, and my score, pres- score prediction is a 3-0 defeat. <laughs> I'll, gloss <over. laughs> I'll gloss over that one. But I, th- I just think with Hog out I just, and Karoma, I think it's a bit of a thing. And the the real key to that is that Bournemouth can have 2,000 fans there. And I just think that's going to be a real boost to them, having some fans in the ground. Uh, and I think that could be a bit of a, a mix-up. Uh, I think if it didn't have fans in the ground, it might be a bit tighter. But I just think that gives them an extra boost. Uh, and you know, I, I'm avoiding making the it's an, an almost a full house joke as well because I'm better than that slightly. Yeah, I think you made some good points there, Matt. Um, around the double pivot, around trying to clog the middle, the the middle of the pitch up, around still having an offensive outlet. So I like all that. Um, I, there's not enough centre backs for me to go to a back three. Uh, I think if you if you've got three good centre backs, you could potentially think about it to try and match them up and have the wing backs playing against the wing backs, but. I just don't think that's where we're at at the minute. Um, so I think, yeah, full back, uh, the, the, the back four. I do think potentially this is where I'm, again, if it was me, I think I would go with the more um, sort of traditional three midfield, maybe bring Vallejo in and try and dominate the ball and not give it them back straight away. I think if you let them have it, maybe not the fire with fire approach, but just take the sting out of the game, being able to keep the ball around the, the back of the midfield. So maybe play him as the pivot with Iting and O'Brien either side of him. You've got then potential there, a lot of potential to keep the ball. What I'd potentially do is go with Pritchard from one side, uh, maybe the left. Um, I know he's tried, been tried there before and not been out, but I think his best games when he, certainly earlier on in his career, was when he was actually playing wide. Uh, particularly for Brentford, I remember when he really burst on at the scene almost. So maybe give him a bit in there. He can pick up little pockets and get Toffolo in on the outside. Let's see if those wing-backs, how they deal with that. Um, and Benza, and then I think, you know, it depends just exactly what role you want it to be, but it's either going to be obviously Wardy or, um, or Fraser up front. Uh, for that um, the other way you could do it is do like you've gone with 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-1-1 and have Pritchard as the 10 I think that probably you'd struggle to dominate the ball as much there because you need a few more players lower to circulate Um, so it just depends which way they go Um, I think it is going to be really hard this one I think we're on a high from those two good wins we've lost a couple of injuries it's a midweek game they've got fans in like you said everything seems to be against us and sometimes that's when when we upset the apple cart and they have only won one in four so i think what will happen is i do think they'll probably go ahead i think they might get two up i think we'll pull one back and i think we'll be the be like the alamo near the end and i just think they'll hold on so i was tempted to stick two two in there and be a bit cheeky but i'm gonna go two one bomb very good so uh Predictions at the end of the day. Um, I've gone for a three-nil defeat. Brady's gone for a th- an entertaining. I know. So, three. Uh, Brady's gone for an entertaining three-two defeat. And Chris, you've gone for a a very tight two-one defeat in the end. So, you two have got a little bit more faith than me. Even after back-to-back wins, I'm still negative. Who, who, who'd have thought? Eh? Um, but anyway, thanks for listening, guys. So, uh, thanks again, guys, for joining uh, for the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, let us know what your uh, your thoughts are. Read the game as well. Uh, we will get this prediction league up soon. I promise. Uh, we'll find something. Uh, but it's harder I th- than it seems. I know it, it genuinely is. Brady's genuinely. got a spreadsheet at the minute. That's that's how technical we are. But I think that <laughs> the only way to go out really is with a two conch 
salute for Josh Caroma and my sadness. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 